0: We all know we're different, yet we're still acting like there's one way to do life. Let's talk about it. To find out your design and the designs of the people in your life, you can visit myhumandesign.com or download the My Human Design app in the App Store and on Google Play. So you know how we always say that human design is a tool for understanding yourself and others? What's interesting is that like a lot of very simple-sounding spiritual platitudes, it's kind of easy to overlook. And I really want to talk about how profound that really is. Um, You and me have spoken about this before, Taylor, but like, something so unbelievable happens when you finally see the exact flavor of your essence, your divinity, the part of you that is magic within you. And you become so okay with just being that and only that and nothing else. And you let yourself off the hook of having to be all things that society or our world thinks we have to be. Just getting back into your own lane. Something so amazing happens where not only can you enjoy being yourself so much more and just accept that as like your part that was allocated to you in this life and so that all you have to focus on is your parts but something so amazing happens because you also can start to see the parts that other people play and what happens is you can then vicariously witness and enjoy what it's like to be a different kind of human being by watching their experience and having them share it with you And the reason why you're unable to do that if you don't truly understand someone is that the conditioning is you see someone else be in their brilliance, automatically our brains are like either looking for a reason to judge them. So we kind of bring them down a notch in our minds and other people's minds that we might be speaking uh, to them about or we think we're doing something wrong, or they're doing something wrong. So it immediately brings you into this comparison game. And what I call running running, which is like putting people above or below and trying to sort out where they are in the hierarchy. So the reason why this work is so important as well, is because it truly is the only way to get rid of judgment, because you can stop yourself from judging people. Or having, catch yourself having a judgment and then kind of ignore it. But when you really understand the reasons why people are the way they are, it makes it impossible to have a judgment about somebody because you understand their fabric and so this really is so magical in that not only does it get rid of judgment when you understand people but it also allows you to truly enjoy the brilliance of other people without having negative feelings about them or yourself when you see that and I do want to go ahead
1: I want to point out here too that it doesn't that doesn't Fully go away all the time you know right like we still have judgments Mm -hmm. but the tools to dissipate that judgment is laid out for us
0: well it's interesting right because judgment is such a group word that obviously it's okay to see someone do something that is mean or unaligned or um you know that you kind of you know like I say always say everyone's an energy reader it's okay to 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 decide that you don't buy into something, right? You call that a judgment, right? But judgment that we're talking about is kind of like um, misunderstanding of people. And you're right. It doesn't mean that sometimes your brain doesn't get annoyed or doesn't go back into that default patterning of othering. But now you almost have, well, firstly, it ha- it does happen less, but you... um have the um visibility into the innocent motivations as to why people are that way. So I'll give you an example. My mom, her son personality gift, so her most important gift is gift thirty eight. And that can sometimes be very affrontive. Um, you know, in the book, I describe it as being a warrior of the light. It's someone who's afraid to, not afraid to take a stand when things are um, difficult situations. That's the person that isn't afraid of conflict. It's the person who's who's going to say something when other people aren't, right? Now, if she misuses it, am I allowed in my brain to go, she's not doing that the right way, you know, because I know, absolutely. As a kid, did I think that meant something bad about me? Yes. And that was a judgment or a misunderstanding that came from me not fully understanding her fabric because I believe that everyone is the same. And so the reasons why she would tell someone off would be the reasons why I would tell someone off. Or if I'm getting um, the brunt of her gift 38, then that must mean I'm bad, right? So it gets rid of all the the misunderstanding kind of judgments, if you know what I mean. Um or, or or a lot of them let's say because you're right it's it's always an upward journey so there's always less and you know more and more to um heights to climb but this really is the tool for seeing other people and when you see other people by default, it lessens judgment and increases enjoyment of your ability to be more porous, to enjoy not only your own journey, but also vicariously delight in watching other people's journey, which you're unable to do when you are trying to make us all the same or other people for them being different or putting yourself down for not being like them.
1: Once again, you're bringing up a topic that has been swirling in my head, (laughs) of course, Um, because I've been also thinking about I mean, these are layers of like innocent motivation, but also using human design as a tool to kind of understand people's, like the way that they behave better. And I was thinking about which gift is the one that is like sharing stories about yourself. Is that gift 35?
0: 35. Yeah.
1: So I was thinking about this because which I you have, have, I have gift yes. 35 and I do often use examples of myself I love talking about stories in my own life as examples of things I've learned. And that can come off in a negative way of like making things about myself. So this idea that some people make things about themselves, can we actually look at that and say, yeah, there's definitely a negative expression of that, of me overly making things about myself because of X, Y, Z, I need to feel important or I want people to validate me for my skills or whatever. There's definitely a negative way of doing that, but there's also a very correct way of me doing that. Like even on this podcast, like I bring up a lot of personal examples more often than you do. If you actually, I mean, I list, I've listened to every episode a hundred times. I bring up personal examples and you talk about concepts but you mm-hmm. don't have gift 35. And but if I was doing that in a negative way, it could come off as, oh, Taylor's literally making everything Jenna says about her.
0: Yeah. Exactly. But it's that's
1: how I function. That's how I learn. That's how I land things. But y- you land things differently. So it's I don't know. I just find yeah. that interesting.
0: It's fascinating. And that's exactly what it is, is like if you've lit if you are a listener of the podcast and you are an energy reader, which you are, if you're human you've probably not thought of that because you're not putting out the energy in the wrong way. You're not sharing the gift with the intention of making everything about you. That's the only time we even have the, I mean, unless it's also our own conditioning, but on the whole, you know, you have to be misusing something for it to, for us to just feel like there's a bit of like friction. You know, when, when people say something or do something, you're just like, I don't know why, but that just feels odd. And, um, you know, knowing what's in your design gives you the concrete things of like, oh, what could they possibly be iterating correctly or incorrectly? What does that tie back to that's inside them or not? And so I think that's what's really, um, I love the way you put that because it really does come back to the intention that you share everything with. Think about it as like um, unused energy until you act on it. And then the um, direction that you're going to take it in, right, is going to be your intention. So is it going to take you higher or lower? And there's, you know, we've spoken about this recently as well. The fact that there is shadow over all of your gifts, like every single gift has a potential thing that we're afraid to share it because of the negative expressions of it, right? Like gift 19, being too sensitive or being having gift 21, being too bossy, like, and this is just, these are just short examples of the potential things you could be scared of in each gift, but those are just off the top of my head. You know, even being a manifesting generator, that means you're going to be all over the place. Well, only if you do it in the wrong um, consciousness and in the wrong understanding of yourself and you don't do it in your power. And, you know, so that's where it's really about the mind and the intention and the consciousness, whatever you want, whatever word resonates with you is what flavors the gift. And the gift is just the energy that you're either going to, you know, it's the fuel, it's the battery that you can put yourself out into the world with. Um, and so just going back to this whole understanding people is like it makes me you know have so much compassion for people when I see them using their gifts in the wrong way because I'm like oh that's just them that just means they're in their process then like they're on their way at least you know what (laughs) I mean like we're all using our gifts wrongly to a certain extent we're all using them with the wrong intentions to a certain extent so it gives me so much like love for a person that that's their essence like battling to just come out of them in whichever which way that it's currently able to right because our essence our soul is like just wanting to come out of us just wanting to pour out of us and it only can do it at the level of our current consciousness and so if it's coming out that's already super promising. It's a sign that you have life, that you have a soul, that you're animated, that you want to do things in this world, that you want to get stuff, pull it from inside you and get it out of you. And um, I think this is such a timely episode because this is obviously Thanksgiving week and a lot of people are spending time around family. And I just feel like it healed my understanding of my mom so much when I looked at her chart that um, all the things that I had kind of misframed about her it gave me an understanding of the innocent reasons as to why she might be that way um and why she unconsciously would act that way because of just that's her essence trying to come out of her and unless she applies intention to it it's going to come out in funky ways um so i really think that actually you know if you do have the apple you do have the book and if you're kind of you know hesitant or having thoughts around being around so many people this week like look at their charts like look and see what's up look and see if you can maybe find the gift that is responsible for them making things about them you know for example even a 4-6 profile sometimes they have a thing about making everything about them that's because their social circle is kind of supposed to evolve around them because they're the one in the middle that's you know the glue almost um, or if you're the two and you're going to need more time away from people, or if you're non-emotional and you need to remove yourself from, you know, too many gatherings, like you always have the power to tweak situations for yourself to a level that is doable and comfortable for you. And it really helps if you understand what everyone else might be, um, why they might be saying what they're saying, why they might be asking for what they're asking for, all the different needs that come up against any group of humans when we just are all here bumping up against each other. Um, And it's inevitable that all human souls are going to feel different, think different, disagree, have different priorities. Like that's not something that we should heal or want to heal. It's actually just the understanding of the other that gives it a smoother ride. I have two
1: really good examples about like with family and looking at the gifts and where they come from, because I'm actually somebody that currently I'm working on not trying to micromanage the way people come across. Like I, it's like a, habit of mine that, you know, my dad or my brother or somebody will do something that is like jolting. And I like try to stop them. Like I jump in and I'm like trying to micromanage how they come across to people. And human design has actually helped me be like, oh no, you. it's okay to let it that come out in a little bit of a negative way until they play with it and figure out the positive expression of that. For example, let me just make sure I'm getting this right. So my dad, is um, his son personality, which is the most important gift. And if you go on the website right now, it's not on the app currently, but if you go on the website and look up your chart for free, it'll pull out your most important gift. But if you're on the app and you look at it, if you go to my life theme on your chart, you'll see four numbers in brackets. The first number is your most important gift. So my dad's is 59, which correct me if I'm wrong, is like so, you call it creating unity in the app. And so, my dad does this thing with people where, even with strangers, he's like very touchy. Like, he's always like patting you on the shoulder and like pulling you in for like a hug. And it could be like somebody like, you know, we're at a family party of like, my mom's one of eight kids. So, there's a lot of people, you know, someone brings a boyfriend that nobody's met before. And my dad's in there just like patting him on the back mm-hmm. and pulling him in. And we've always, my whole life, been like, Dad, stop. Like, makes people uncomfortable. Like you shouldn't touch people that you don't know. But as I learned that about him, he really is someone who creates unity and bonding and molds people together and allows people to feel that way. So it's like me, us jumping in and stopping him from doing that is creating, it's like blocking the positive expression of his gift. Or for example, yeah. um, If you have anything to say on that, like jump in on that before I talk about I
0: actually do. I actually do because this is really profound in this sense that, you know, a negative behavior, if we really want to get nuanced here, the negative behavior is the way that it's being intended, right? So someone receiving it badly doesn't mean it's bad. And I think especially women, we've been so um, taught that it's about the reaction that makes something good or bad. So if your father let's assume that he's doing it with good intent. Like he just feels really affectionate to people. He loves bonding. He loves breaking through people's walls, all those things. Um, Like intimacy and closeness is in his bones, right? And so um, we have to almost trust in the fact that him behaving like that towards anybody, because he's being himself and he's allowing himself to let what comes out of him come out of him, that even if it bumps up against some people the wrong way, that will be a positive experience for them. Because, for example, maybe they'll have a negative first reaction because men have been too touchy-feely with this person before. Maybe after having the negative reaction, we'll be like, Oh, he wasn't actually trying to hit on me. That's my my friend's dad. Like he was being warm and that changes your mind. So just because you don't have a positive first reaction to something, it doesn't mean it's not a helpful experience for that person's life. And so it's funny. And I think about this all the time, too. It's like when we try to micromanage how people are received or how other people's experience of life is, we rob them of having those Uh ahas that sometimes come from discomfort and mostly humans learn from discomfort and so I use this example with generators a lot where it's like you never know who you might be helping by saying no to even if when you first say no they don't like it that will that will by default end up helping them your alignment cannot help but help align someone else but it's okay if at first you're kind of shattering a little bit of a status quo, or you're just kind of putting a little bit of a brakes in the in the flow of things, because that's how stuff gets redirected. That's how stuff gets changed. And um, also, equally likely that it's someone who's like, you know what, an older man never brought me in and welcomed me in. So, and you know this that that part's yeah. obvious, but it's really profound because it's our interpretation of what might get received badly as well. Or that
1: like, for me, it's been also not everybody likes hugs, you know, mm-hmm. now everybody's so comfortable. Like my family's very huggy. We hug everybody. And uh, for example, like my husband's family isn't necessarily like that. And so when they started interacting with each other, my dad's so like huggy. So when you say it's okay for people to have discomfort, it's not. Me jumping in and stopping that from happening actually makes that more uncomfortable when in reality that's my dad being him. And so if he's being him, he can't help but create some sort of positive ripple effect, even if it creates a like a
0: momentary discomfort for someone that doesn't love hugs, you know? Yeah. And we have to also trust that people can advocate for themselves. Like if someone doesn't like something, they are free to say, you know what, I don't love that. Yeah.
1: So the other example, and I'm not sure I'm interpreting this correctly. Cause I do, th- I don't want to attribute it specifically to my brother's, um, s- most important gift. Cause I don't know if it's tied to that, but he is his, he's gift 18, which is spotting, you call it spotting improvements or something. Um, and he is very, um, like, don't do that. Say this, go there. And he's kind of like bossy and like jolting in the way that he behaves or like calls out something. And it's very like, call out, call out, call out. And I often would jump in and be like, stop, you're being like mean, like back Mm -hmm. up. And I realized recently I need to let him express that so that he can find the positive expression of that. And so even the people that you think are you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like critical, you know, the way that they come across and they're like hyper-critical of things. Maybe they just are so hyper tuned into spotting improvements that that's how it's iterating for them right now. And it's actually super correct for him because it is his most important gift. So it's like, 90 80% whatever percent of the soup that he swims in and the perspective which which he views the world. So mm-hmm. who am I to
0: micromanage that? Yeah. And I have a lot of experience with people with gift 18. Um so it's an interesting one because it does make me think when you're saying that that it's okay if it hurts you if they're using it the wrong way. We're not saying like roll over and accept everything about people but it does give you a little bit of a buffer to realize it's not that you're doing anything wrong. Um, It's okay that it makes you uncomfortable. It's okay to ask someone not to say that. It's okay to remove yourself from the situation. Mm-hmm. But it just gets rid of you thinking it's about you or character assassinating them for it. You know what I mean? I think in today's world as well, we're so quick to build a whole... um set of logic of assumptions behind why we see someone do one thing and then because of our insecurities and our deep feelings of not being enough or being threatened by what other people do in each other's differences we character assassinate rather than just be like i didn't i don't love this and it's okay to not love things about people it's okay to question people's um intentions it's okay to feel like they behaved badly But it's not okay, I think, to be so quick to character assassinate. And I think we also really suffer when we live in a paradigm where we are constantly character assassinating people because it doesn't feel good and it doesn't leave room. It doesn't hold space for your own fumbling if you're affirming to the universe that you live in a world that you operate on, a world where characters get assassinated. you know, Let's reserve that for the times when people really do need to be absolutely wrong about something they've done rather than the way that we so casually quickly run to assume negative intent on purpose negative intent for some reason where most of the time if you dig deep enough you can kind of understand why people do the things they do even if they're not pleasant or even if you don't enjoy them or don't understand them.
1: Now, the other opposite version of that that can exist when you're, you know, going to have Thanksgiving and holidays with your family or just friends and in general is seeing a positive expression of something that makes you feel negatively. Like, for mm. example, someone who's incredibly good at creating togetherness. What's that gift? I can't remember which one that is like. my uh, The 37 or the 40. Yeah. My third, um, yeah. My sister, you're thinking my, of your, yeah. Yes. My new sister-in-law, she, you know, she's so, she's so good at that. And so you can also be triggered in that way of being like, why am I not the person at the center of the group that everybody's giggling and laughing at?
0: Mm-hmm. So why do I need little, more space? Right? Yeah. Why do I need more space than everyone? And everyone's so comfortable hanging out for five hours and I need to, you know, tap out at whatever. That's an interesting one, because I think that's also so much more silent. You know, I think our judgments towards ourselves, sometimes we don't even notice because there's so much part of our background frequency. Um, but I think the, the easy remedy for that is to really double down on, you know, take a fresh look at your chart through the eyes of what do I bring to the table? You know, what can I bring to the table? And when I know the things that I can contribute and I actually act on those, right? I don't just know those things exist in me, but I actually use this as a call to see what I can bring to the table, right? Let me see, okay, universe, show me if I bring my gifts and don't try and bring other people's gifts, show me the harmony that that creates or show me the beauty that creates or show me how good I feel when I do that. So I'll give you an example. Um, with me, because I have um, gift 13 and 33 inside my uh, chart, which form a channel from the G center to um, the throat, you know, that's a deeply listening gift. And um, because I don't have um, my uh, mind defined, right, it's not about my opinions, it's not about my um, viewpoints on things. So I really have started actually recently deeply listening, trying to deeply listen to people. And when there are like political debates or things like that, like most of the time, the part that I can take care of is making someone feel heard. And there's many other reasons why people might be having debates. There's many other things you can contribute to a good debate. You know, there's many other fascinating parts of it that you can untangle so I'm just pulling apart one like if I know that one of my roles to that is to really listen and take in and by the way to know that there's always whenever you give something you're always receiving something too so that's informing my work because it's all about observing people right and understanding how people work that's everything we do so I'm benefiting from it and I'm also giving people the thing that the only thing they truly authentically stand to get from me rather than the thing I'm insisting that they get from me, which is going to be a half-baked version because I'm not good at expressing my, you know, political views or whatever it is, right? Like it's not something that I have an innate energy to act on so I could force it to happen, but it's not going to be powerful. It's not going to leave a same net net deposit of good energy, right? So, you know, just playing around with like, well, if I feel like I'm not bringing stuff to the table, what do I have to give and how do I actually bring that? Because we do have to proactively think on what we contribute. And so, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about what you contribute, how you use your gifts at work. We talk about it um, a lot in the app with like parenting and relationships, but like, let's take the context of a family gathering and look at the whole thing through that lens and apply it to that because that's a really helpful healing tool. Early.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm so glad we're having this conversation because going back and hanging out with your family, they always say, if you think you've grown, what is the phrase? Like if you think you've you're enlightened. If you think
0: you're enlightened, go spend a
1: week with Go spend a week with your family. Okay. (laughs) So if you think you've been really nailing your human design, like let's approach the holidays through the lens of showing up as you. So If you're a generator, and like, what are some things? I have two that I'm thinking Mm. of, and let's see if you think of any other ones. Like, you know, if you're a generator, say no to the parties that you don't want to go to. Just try it. Just try it. Use this as a time frame to test it out. If you're a projector, and you're usually like, you're know going back to your hometown, and then you're just like telling everybody, like, you need to fix that. You need to You're spotting Mm -hmm. the tweaks and things that people should be doing differently, and they're just not getting it. They're not getting life right. Like. Don't share those things. If somebody asks you and invites you to share what you're spotting, great. If not, just spot them. Mm -hmm. What what could possibly happen if you just spot it and don't share it?
0: Yeah. How liberating
1: and how much energy you're going to, how much happier you're going to feel and how much extra energy you're going to not be exerting. Just try
0: it. Yeah. That's really powerful because it makes me think like also- sometimes we're on such high alert and on such control to make sure things go the way we want to go because it's like this deep weird belief that then that means we're not going to be happy. But I also think there's such a practice of letting yourself go through situations that aren't perfect and knowing that you can sit back in the seat of your soul as they happen and still be a happy person, just observing a messy situation, right? So instead of always trying to be on high alert and trying to micromanage everything, we don't have to. And let's see what that brings. And I also think that, you know, we talk about this like it's easy, but I really want to honor that it's not. Like if you are a generator and you're saying no for the first time and you are met with someone having a bad reaction – That's hard. That's why this is the work of a warrior. This is why this is heavy lift, spiritual heavy lifting, because it's practical and it's taking risks and it's breaking patterns in a very tangible way that is the patterns that you need to break, right? This is not generalized advice. And so, you know, I I want to really honor that you go at the pace that feels doable to you. Like if you acknowledge, listen, I am not strong enough yet to go to not go to, friends giving the day before or to do the black friday thing whatever maybe all you opt out of is just leaving early or maybe you say you know what universe i really want to opt out i'm not strong enough yet so let me build up to this at least i've I've become clear with myself and being honest with myself maybe next year i'll feel in a better place like that's what going at the pace of love is is like awareness is 90 percent of the work so if you've admitted it to yourself already that's okay for now you know Um, and in terms of examples, I mean, there's, there's so many examples that I can even think of, but like, yes, if you have some semblance of gifts, we've already covered 21, 38, 18, like they all have an element of control to them as does being a projector, sometimes wanting to boss everyone around and sharing that when it's not, um, asked for. Right. And so, you know, when it comes to even setting the table, how about either, take over the whole thing and let everyone just take a beat you know or opt out of it completely or if you have 38 and you're using it correctly just be like no I feel very strongly that we shouldn't um, exclude the kids or whatever you know but and speak up but with love you know and really dissolve what our um, understanding of conflict is where you can have conflict but with so much love like no but like let's see how it's so much better like if we just include the kids at the at the table. I really want these people to feel loved and last year they felt like they were too old for the kids table, and they wanted to be on the adults table. So let's just put everyone together. And it's okay, if you disagree. And I think that's part of learning to exist in harmony is also having people that are unafraid to go first and teaching us the art of, we have conflict, but we love each other anyway. Mm -hmm. Not we have conflict, that means you're wrong, or we have conflict, that means you don't get it, or that whatever other stories we have, and then I'm going to distance myself, or I'm going to go cold on you, I'm going to give you the silent treatment, I'm going to you know, act out all the rest of dinner, whatever it is, right? Like, I love you and that's why I'm disagreeing, you know? And it's okay if we bump up against each other because we understand that we're all human and we are all holding that understanding of just bumping up against each other. We don't all have perfect intentions all the time, but we're still really trying to get our gifts and our energy and our essence out of us. And that's how we learn. And I also want to tell people like, You have no idea how powerful you are in the sense of, if you show up with a different energy, most people are taking their cues, this principle of entrainment from the highest energy in the room. And I say highest, like most conscious, most aware, most joyful, most whatever you want to call it, right? So if you show up not thinking about what you're going to receive, but how you're going to give you funny enough will end up receiving the things that you wanted to receive. It might not be on the same day, the first day you try it, but the laws of the universe dictate that it has to happen that way. And so um, think about what you want to contribute and that's going to make you feel so good about yourself and make you feel like you're home and feel like you're doing your part at least, right? Like you're being loving in the way that loving looks like from you and that gets to be such a nicer experience to live in, but also that it won't help, but be able to come back from you. And most of the time, we all just need someone to go first because most of us actually want to go into a place of closeness and intimacy and warmth and seeing things with levity and acceptance and all those things. We just are stuck in these old habits, this old training of not having that. But if someone already is living as if that's normal, most of us are happy to accept it and jump in the downstream so it just it just needs someone like you who's curious about going first to just dip your toe in going first and you'll find that yeah people are reading energy all the time and they will most likely follow you and you will be surprised at how powerful one person is to to up level the energy of the entire room